Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Awesome. So good to see you. Welcome to Hill City Church. This is our special uh, service where we're going to have all of our kids come in and do special uh, presentations with you and sing with you today. Um, go ahead and stand with us today. I'm going to go ahead and pray. We'll get started. God, we just thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for what you're going to do today, God. Help us to have hearts and minds, God, like children today, that we would receive you with just undoubted faith, God, that you would just do something new in us. God, help us to see you and, and feel you and experience you in a new way. We invite you into this time, and we just thank you for today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Go ahead and sing with us today.
Welcome to the stage now, our uh, kids director. This is Megan Frank. Please put your hands together for her today. Hello. Merry Christmas. This is such an exciting day for me. I think I'm more nervous than the kids because I just want them to shine. I want you guys to love it. So you can take your seats this morning. Um, we're doing things a little bit differently today. So this, these are the Hill City Kids Choir. Woo! And I just want to say I am so proud of what's going to happen here this morning and of these kids showing up early, twice a month. Am I ringing? Um, so we have Everett Frank. We've got Junior Vargas. Brent. Micah. Sianna. Isabella and Delaney. Aren't they beautiful? And they're all like my BFFs. So um, so we've met together. It's been so awesome for me to have special time with them twice a month preparing for this this morning. And I just want kids to have a place that God can use them. And so this morning, I encourage you to worship, just to let this really move your heart. Because they're here not just to look cute and perform a little song, but really for God to use their lives. And that's what we've been praying for uh, for this morning, just to be really special. So encourage them. We're going to sing, Oh, Come, All You Faithful. And then we're going to sing Jesus at the center of it all. So that's what today's all about. We just want to encourage you guys to let Jesus be the center of your Christmas this year, to really invite him in. And so these kids are going to lead us uh, in worship to get our hearts ready to do that. So I'm so, so proud. So welcome on one more time, the Hill City Kids Choir.
are leading our, our kids in worship every week. They're helping lead the kids. So this, these are our, our leaders, and I'm just so proud. Good job, you guys. So awesome. Amen. Good job, guys. Good job. Man, they're so cool. I love what Megan's doing with them, just uh, turning them into not just uh, performers, but general appreciate this in the team, but worship leaders back there. Isn't that awesome? 
They literally get up in front of the kids and not like watch me, but we're going to show you how to worship. And I love that. They're teaching them at such a young age, like how to lead in worship, not just be a, a performer on a, on a Christmas play, man. So thank you, Megan. I'll talk to you later. That's my wife. Um, I don't think I need three mics here, so I feel like I'm at a, at a podium here. Well, Merry Christmas. Everyone's doing well? Good? Good to have you guys. Thanks for coming to Hill City Church and uh, just being with us during this Advent or Christmas season. And I'm going to not waste too much time and give it over to Pastor John, our, our pastor. He's got a good word at work about building off that message of Jesus at the center of it all. Uh, just, a, just a quick announcement. Um, that the uh, the Raiders lost on Thursday, so that was a good thing. No, just kidding, just kidding. That was that was lame, um, but it was good to watch them lose. Sorry, Tino. Um, just kidding. Um, so uh, all the ushers come forward. Um, but you may have seen when you walked in. Um, there's a big sign that says Growth Track on it. So uh, say Growth Track. You're like, why am I saying Growth Track? I don't know, because I have the mic and I told you to say it. Um, but uh, Grow Track is, uh, if you're, for those of you who've been here a while, uh, we used to call this Paradigm, um, but we've, we've rebranded and we have a new, a new system of, of Growth Track. So what is Growth Track? Um, well, one thing is it's, uh, it's going to be led by Mark Mitchell. Um, he's going to be facilitating and administering it. Where is Mark? Is he anywhere? Oh, there you are. Beautiful man. So he's right here in the, in the beautiful blue shirt, tucked in, looking so fancy today. Um, but uh, he'll be leading it. So I'm just doing an announcement today. But uh, this is, uh, if you call this your church home, um, if you've been here coming some time and, and uh, you're ready to take that next level with us in commitment, uh, this is what we do. So we have a, it's a four, four to five week course and we go through, um, it's right on the sign out there, but we go through our beliefs and our vision and uh, what we want to be in this community locally and, and globally. Um, so um, we'll, we'll be signing up for that. So we're going to be kicking that off in the, in the beginning of uh, in 2017. Uh, and so that'll be, uh, there'll be some signups and uh, you can talk to Mark and others, people, uh, myself out there, uh, if you're interested. Um, and so we'll be pestering and bugging you to come. Um, and so those of you who've been through it, like Jason and, and so many of the leaders, it's, it's that next step with us. And uh, we get to spend time with you for four or five weeks um, as, the, as the pastors and the leaders. Um, so we get to know you, you get to tell your story and uh, really do this thing that we call family at our church. Um, so we're excited to be kicking that off again. Um, so I please, I encourage you guys, I implore you, you know, take that next step with us, uh, with Hill City Church, and we'd love to have you guys uh, with us. So, um, and then John, we're going to be doing some different things. You're going to talk about Christmas Eve service, um, and I'm going to pray. So um, I like your hat, Alan. It looks, looks fancy. Is that a Bronco Santa hat? All right. <laughs> yes. Who wouldn't wear a Bronco Santa hat? <laughs> um God, I thank you for today. I thank you um, that we get to pre just worship you this morning. That's all I can do this morning. That I get the chance and the opportunity to worship you. I thank you for our kids, God, and I and I look forward to um, to how they're um, learning to worship you, God. And I pray that we'd open up our hearts right now, open up our open up our minds, God, to uh, to the Christmas story, to uh, to Jesus, and God, that you would give us a fresh perspective this morning. If we've been in church for a long time. Um, and if, if it's our first time hearing this or been a long time, God, that, that, that the message would, 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 uh, would be clear to us this morning. And God, we, we want to we know you, want to learn about you. So we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I got a few more things I want to uh, talk to you guys about. Uh, the Christmas Eve service is, so we, there is no Christmas Sunday service here. Uh, be with your family. I think that's very, very important. Uh, but on Christmas Eve, we'll be having a, a candlelight, quiet candlelight service 
just uh, just uh, thinking on Jesus. He completely is the center of everything that we do. We we believe that we exist uh, to worship uh, Jesus. And um, I, I put a quote up. Um, I don't know even know if I have my. Oh, here it is. I have my phone. All right. And, I, I, and this is a, a, a man named James McDonald, and he wrote these words. We don't worship so that the preaching will be more impactful for us. We preach so that worship will be more impactful for God. I'm going to say that one more time because it's, it's, it's a beauty. It's a beauty. It's a change of mind, change of thought. It's an understanding why we exist. It says we don't worship so that preaching will be more impactful for us. Because you hear that. You're like, all right, get into worship so you can really understand the preaching. No, we, we speak and we preach and we, love, we, uh, we uh, open up the word of God so that the worship, you will understand the preaching and your worship will be more impactful for God because the purpose of church and the reason that we're here has nothing, it has something to do with us, but it has everything to do with God. It has everything to do with God. And I believe as we worship God in spirit and in truth, and I'm telling you, I don't know if you've ever done that where you've come to a place where you're worshiping God and you are just abandoned and you just release. And I know in life we live in a way where we mask everything. We can't show emotion. I know not, you, you know, you didn't grow up in Asian homes, not that less emotion, but I'm just, you know, I don't know. If you grew up in an Asian home, you understand. You're like, we understand no emotion. That's called regular life, right? But I'm saying like, there's a moment where you just release and say, God, I don't care who's next to me. I don't care if there's tears or snot running down my face. I just don't care. And it's not emotionalism. It's an abandonment to God saying, you got all of me. You got me, God. I'm holding nothing back, not so that you will bless me, not so that I feel the tinglys and feel good inside. No, so that God, that you would be worshipped with every part of my being, with all of my spirit. And in that moment, when God is glorified, I'm telling you, everything changes in that moment. And it, it can happen in this room. It can happen on your iPod. Uh, I was going to say iPod. No one has one of those. On your, on your phones. Uh, on your, on, on your uh, you know, cassette players. Um, whatever, you know. But uh, your Discman. Walkman. Right? Do you remember the yellow Discman and Walkman? But I want us to, every time we come here, God, I have something for you. It's a different mentality. Instead of saying, God get me something. It's like, God, I have something for you. And in that, your God will be glorified. And that's all Christian terms for saying that God would be made the main thing in your life. And that's exactly what your soul needs. We think that we need to be filled. We need this. We need that. But when you release your best unto God, and when he is made big, I'm telling you, that's the only thing that matters. The fullness is found in our service, not in our taking. It's, it's crazy. Uh, I say that about uh, children. We, I was watching my children up here. These are the moments that make me feel like, you know, I don't know. I feel all crazy inside when I see my children, like, worshiping God. And, like, when Michael was clapping, I hope he's, is he here? No, he was clapping, and he was just getting into it, and no one was doing it. I was like, you, you keep going, son. I just don't care. Keep going, you know? In these moments... And in, in, in you see, like, I don't know, when you're, because your children just take from you. That's what they do, right? There's nothing, you know, when they're little kids, I say, there's not one thing your children gives you. Nothing. Like, they pee in their pants, you change them, right? 
You, you like, they mess things up, they break things. Everything that they have is from you. And yet in these moments, man, it's, there's a beauty in it. And I, I wonder if God feels that way when he sees us worship. There's nothing that we could give God. It's, God doesn't need our prayers. God doesn't even need our worship. But when he sees a child full on glorifying God, there is a beauty in it. I don't know. I, I don't even know the word to describe it. But you know as parents and, and many of you guys know when you see something beautiful like that. And I, I, I know that God is responding in a beautiful way this morning as he sees our children. And uh, I have one more thing. Um, we raised money for urban outreach. I want Isaac and Jamie just to come up here. And we have a check for you guys. And this has nothing to do with like, because your daughter sang so beautifully <laughs> in, 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 uh, in the choir. But I want you guys just to meet these guys and... Uh, and this is from us, and um, this is just a small token of what we can do. And um, I, I just want to tell you guys, we love you guys as, well, as you guys, not even just Urban Outreach. We love Isaac and Jamie. We love your family. And uh, we, we just hope to, like, do great things together for God, right? For God and for people. That's it. And, and so, um, guys, just remember them, and any, they're a good place uh, to um, serve. If you need to serve, if, you, if you're too uh, caught up in yourself, take a moment and serve. Serve and release that. If you're too caught up in your problems, serve someone else in their need. I'm telling you, that's how humanity was supposed to be made. That's how love is real. And uh, that's what Urban Outreach is to me. It's not, it's not a, 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 an institution we're giving to. It's not, a, it's not a ministry we're giving to. We're giving to people, and we're giving to a, a vision of you guys, and we love you guys. Go ahead, give them a hand, guys. I know you guys hate that, but yeah, enjoy. Enjoy. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew chapter 2. Christmas time is here. And I, I know that uh, it can bring all sorts of different um, feelings, nostalgia. Uh, if you know Tammy Zigglebaum, she is Christmas crazy, right? Her house has like 10 trees. Dee has like seven trees. And I'm like, seven trees? I don't even like a tree, right? But I say, it's because I grew up. We didn't, we didn't celebrate Christmas when I grew up, right? I didn't, we didn't celebrate Christmas. It was a, a, a bunch of Koreans and no tree. And uh, I call it the time of sadness. <laughs> but uh, Candace, she's like, oh, we're going we're gonna to do some Christmas. I'm like, all right, all right, you do it up. And now I can't even put ornaments on a tree because it doesn't match colors. I don't know if your wife is OCD like that. Uh, it's not, uh, my friend says it's not OCD. It's just OC. It's, a, it's not a dysfunction, right? It's just OC, right? But, um, but in these moments, it's, 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 it's this beautiful time. It could be a stressful time of buying things and finances can get tough during Christmas. Do you know people spend all sorts of crazy money and go into debt during Christmas? Talk to Franco if you need to. He's running a class, help you, right? I'm just throwing out there financial peace. But uh, you, I, my brother, like, you normally doesn't send me stuff and he sent me something and I liked it. I was like, man, I need to get him back now. <laughs> Anyone feel that pressure when someone like out of the blue gets you something and you're like, now I have to get you back. And, and, and you're like, no, no, it's out, of, it's out of the goodness of his heart. And you're like, no, I have to get you back. <laughs> I have to get you back. I'm like, don't buy me anything. Don't buy me anything. But he got me in like one of those little echoes and I thought I wouldn't like it. And now like we use it all the time. Who knew? Who knew, right? And, and, but it's, it, it, could be, it could be crazy of reciprocation, right? right? 
you have to do it. The obligation of reciprocation, that's what I call it. No one likes that, but you feel like you gotta do it because other ones, other people are doing it. But for many people, Christmas is a hard time. I want us to remember that. For some people, they have just lost family members. Some people are going through a divorce. I'm just being just very honest here. Some people are going through loss. I know some of you guys this year are going through loss. This year, you're thinking about those who have gone before you and, and, and the memories that it comes up, especially during celebrations of Thanksgiving and Christmas, and you see that spot empty or you used to go to grandma's house. That's what I hear a lot, or grandpa's house, and now you guys don't. And they were the they were the the glue of the family and there's regret and there's major changes going on um, but I want I, I want us to be mindful and I want our hearts to be open to those who feel that way that might feel alone during the season uh, but I want us to also be mindful that Christmas more than anything is about Jesus he's the center it's it was an event not with glitz and glamour but it was humble and lowly just imagine it we can't even imagine christmas being lowly right but it was it was very humble and lowly it was quiet it was it was it was very middle eastern we we like to americanize christmas right it was like they were uh, they jesus was in the sub suburbs somewhere in thornton right grew up somewhere there no jesus grew up somewhere i don't know where, where where's like a crazy place in colorado that's the middle of nowhere no lot where yeah, Fort Lupton. Yeah, I was like, dirt roads? Yeah, Fort Lupton. And, but he, he grew up so humbly and so lowly. And when we think of Jesus, we like to hype him up like it was like this, like this hyper, like crazy moment of like, I don't know, you know how we do as Americans. It wasn't even American, right? I've, sometimes we think Jesus was the greatest American ever lived. <laughs> he wasn't American, man. <laughs> He's nothing. He didn't have blue eyes, by the way, right? He was more Asian. No, I'm just kidding. But in that moment, I want us to think of the moment, a humble moment where God came to be with us as one of us. I know for some of us, we heard that so much because we grew up in church or you grew, you've been surrounded by Christian knees for too long, but... It's an understanding that God, I don't know how that strikes you, but if, we, if you really think about that there is a God that spoke this world into being, and I'm not going into philosophy today, I can, because I've been really looking into it lately, and spoke this moment into being, and, and that God came to be with us, speak to us, love us as a baby. If I was God, I would not come as a baby. Talk about the most powerless creature or the powerless moment if you want to be powerless be a baby right born to a poor family in a middle eastern village 2000 years ago and that was the day the world was turned upside down and when i think of christmas that is christmas today my goal is that we remember jesus as he was as he came and the people that were invited to his birthday party and to awaken gratitude in our hearts and a response to a humble, humble, humble king. We're going to pray and then we're going to read. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. We love you. We honor you. And in this short message, God, I pray that we reveal Jesus 
and it utterly changes our lives, God. Awaken our spirits, God. Awaken our spirits. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Matthew 2, 1 to 11. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, the day of Herod the king, behold, wise men or magi or sorcerers or seers or conjurers or Harry Potters, whatever you want to say, right? Harry Potters from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. In these days, they worshipped many gods, right? The Roman Empire was taking place, and they worshipped all sorts of gods. But, uh, but So understanding that God to be with us was simple for if you were a Roman, right? But Jesus did not come to Romans. He came to Jewish people, to, to the last people that would ever believe that a man was God. If you were going to convince anyone that this baby boy was God, it was not the Jews, they would call it blasphemy. They would, say, they would say that is ridiculous. They were so refrained from that idea that even the word Yahweh, which was their God, their one and only God, they would not even speak that name. They would not even pen that name down on, into the Bible. They wouldn't even pen the name Yahweh because it was so holy, holy, holy to them. It was something utterly different. I, they wouldn't call God by his name. And to, so to say Jesus was God and the king to the Jews was sacrilege and blasphemy. Verse 3, now when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. Say troubled. He did not like to hear that there was a God coming and his name was Jesus and he was to be the king of the Jews. For Herod was the king of the Jews, even though he was a pawn king that was put there by the Roman Empire. So he was no king at all. He was just a joke. He was a puppet. And so, but he didn't want to lose just the slight power that he had. And he says he was troubled, and so was all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests, the scribes, all the smart guys, all the lawyers, all, all the uh, super religious people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him Bethlehem of Judea, for this was written by the prophet. And in Micah 5, 2, it is written, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. So it's crazy. Everyone knew, at least the studied people knew, that God would come again in, and be born in Bethlehem of Judea. And so Herod hears that Jesus was going to be born of Bethlehem in Judea. And instead of being a part of it and joining in on the party, he's trying to crash the party. He's trying to stop this mess, right? So Herod summons the wise men secretly and ascertains from them what time the star had appeared, verse 8. And when he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, go and search diligently for this child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him, which was a lie. He did not want to worship him. He actually wanted to kill him which you would see later on, because he killed all, all babies, three and under. He did. And after listening to the king, so this is not a good start <laughs> to the Jesus story, right? And after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star had seen when it rose, went before them until it came to rest over a place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which was all very 
expensive things. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So Herod was not very happy. So you can sense the drama building from Herod to the culture calling. And, and it's crazy who God calls immediately. You would think it would be the religious. It would be the, it, it was, you, would, you would think it would be like Korean pastors or something, right? Or like theologians or someone like awesome who had like 10 WWJD bracelets on, right? Have like a Jesus lower back tattoo and everything. And, and it was not them that he called. He calls the outsider, the wise men, the sorcerers, the Harry Potter kind of folk, right? So I want to tell you three characters that we find in this, in this passage. And the first is the wise men. And right from the beginning, we see wise men are from foreign land. In the California grapes, they said they're, ori they're from the Orient. And I was like, I always thought that was true until I read this. And I was like, oh, they're not. They're not Korean, Right? Uh, they were just from the east of town, right? They were from the east, and they traveled a long way. And they were not Christians, guys. They didn't grow up in Third Baptist Church, right? They didn't memorize the Lord's Prayer. They were outsiders. Say outsiders. Have you ever felt like an outsider before? Yeah, I remember, like, you remember in middle school when they started, like, uh, having, like, birthday parties and you wouldn't get invited? I don't know. That was me. Maybe you were the ones that always got invited. I wouldn't get invited. I would always want to get invited, especially from the girl that I liked. You know, you'd be like, please invite me. I'm not, like, throwing anything out there, but please invite me. <laughs> right? Uh, but I, there's this moment of feeling outsider, and it's a horrible feeling of being an outsider. But those are the very people that Jesus calls into the party. Outsiders outsiders of another culture of another religion think about that god calls the outsider into the story of jesus the ones the religious rejected the ones that they felt were too lost unclean unclean the jews would call certain people unclean which meant unsavable unsavable too far from the temple you could not get to god and yet jesus so his birthday, his birth, his celebration was celebrated by outsiders, not insiders. He compels them to come and ushers, the, and these outsiders usher in the birth of Jesus. It's funny who God chooses. It's funny. He chooses people like us, right? You look at yourself and you might think, ah, I'm not good enough. You know, we, we are of the sort that count ourselves out. I, I, have you ever counted yourself out? You're like, ah, I'm not good enough. I'm not holy enough. I didn't memorize enough scripture. Paul Frank is way more Jesus-y than me. So, I, you, know, you know, or whatever. Whatever how you feel, there's always like this, this comparison, right? We compare. Everyone compares, right? You, if you have a, uh, a house, you want a bigger house, right? You, you don't look at the house behind you, right? You look at the house, you want the bigger house. You've got a car, you want a nicer car. Have you ever bought a car and you're like, this is the best car? And right when you buy it, you lose that feeling of awesomeness because you see someone else's car. Everything is comparison, right? You get a new hairstyle, then when someone else gets a new hairstyle at the same time, you're like, I like their hairstyle better. It's just this funny. It's this, this funny thing that we do as humans, and we always compare down. We never compare up like, man, we don't compare down like, oh, they, look at them. I'm, like, I'm, I'm so blessed. Instead, we're like, I'm missing something. I need an Amazon Echo since John has one, Paul, right? But it's funny that God chooses outsiders, the ones that we would not even think. They were idol worshipers, 
Star worshipers. They follow the star because they worship stars. Think about that. You're like, oh, Jesus would only have awesome people who loved Yahweh at his birthday party. No, actually, idol-worshipping, Harry Potter-following people from the East. And my point is, don't box God in. Do not box God in. God is not limited by our limitations, nor our cultural boundaries, who the masses have rejected. God chose for the inauguration of salvation. This reveals to me the heart of God. His mission is bigger than me. His mission is bigger than the church or the Christian circle. It's bigger than America. In John 3, 16 and 17, it says, For God so loved the world, the world, that he gave his one and only Son, and that whomever believes in him shall not perish but have ever lasting life, eternal life, because he trades his life for your life. In verse 17, God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And this is the best news for all mankind. God's love surpasses gender, race, and culture, and religion. He is seeking those who would respond to Jesus. I'm not saying respond to Jesus like liking a Facebook post either. Because sometimes that's what we think. I would just respond. I just like that. Did you see how much I love Jesus? Uh, have, you ever, have you ever seen those posts like, if you love Jesus, repost this? I'm like, do not repost that. I want to tell, uh, this sounds bad. I want to tell people who are uh, older, uh, 50 and above, when you repost that, they're taking your information and then they're going to sell that. So do not repost that. Just to give you a heads up. It's all a sham. Right? It's a scam. So don't do that. Uh, that totally throws me off. Why did I do that? <laughs> Hello, my name is John. But I'm just thinking that God uses just the simple things. He uses construction workers and hostess at Walmart and crisis and delays and even a star. All the things that we think it's outside the box for God it's funny that he uses a star. He uses a star, right, for irreligious people who worship stars to come to his party, to get in on this. And that's so crazy. It shocks my mind how much God loves us, that he would, he would go to the depths of where people are to bring him to himself. He, we didn't go to him. I want us to realize this. He came to us. So no matter who you are, Christmas is a time to respond to the love of God that saves an initiating love, that compels. No matter where you are, what you've done, Christian or not, I want to tell you, get in on the story of God. It's not religion. It's a relationship with Jesus who's coming after us. The greater story of life that you've been looking for. Don't be inherit when he knows the truth but it brings too much change into his life he was a king right well puppet king and sometimes we feel like we're the king of our lives and truthfully we're just puppet kings too we have no control over our lives we have as much control as we think we do and the moment something goes chaotic we're like we have no control where are you god right i want to tell us in the same way he did not want change herod he was trying to stop Jesus, stop the story of God, but you just can't. You can't. 
You'll try, you'll fail miserably. Some of us here, God has called you a long time ago, but you have not responded because you don't want to change. Because Jesus is not calling you to like him on Facebook. He's calling you to follow him as a king, like the wise men did. They took a long journey to find Jesus, to be a part of this. And uh, we don't need to pretend everything is okay, but if your soul is dry, you know you're made for more. I can tell you, you can live this life and have every luxury, but if your soul is dry this morning, you know you were made for more. Don't let fear, anxiety, or pride or, or whatever keep you away from getting in on the story. I think Christmas is a perfect time to get in on what God is doing. Let him be king. Let him use blessing, hardship, people, kids, and even a star to lead you into his story. Let's just bow our heads for a moment, and the kids are going to come, and they're going to set up. I just want to ask you a couple questions. How will you respond to Jesus today? How will you respond to God's compelling love as he compels your heart? I'm telling you, I can't convince you. If I can convince you, someone else can unconvince you, right? I think God can move in our hearts. Will we be like wise men and we follow the lead of God? Or will we be like Herod? In this season, look to Jesus, his humble interest, his lowly place, to be with us as one of us. Jesus is the center of Christmas. His message, a message of love, an invitation to get in on the story, respond to Jesus, make him king. And I pray your life is an act of worship. Heavenly Father, just be with us. We love you. We thank you. And I know there's people in this room going through a hardship right now. But I pray through it all, God, that you could be their peace. Because you are a king, a humble king that comes down to be like us, with us. So you can empower us to be like you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said. Amen. Thank you so much. And they're getting ready. I'm going to move this. Parents, get your cameras out in anticipation for the big play. And uh, as our kids come in, let's give them a big hand. And they're right behind us. And this play will change your life. It's good. It's good. If you guys need some closer seats, there's some seats here. If you guys want to take better pictures, these kids are going to come. And, uh, and you, do you want them to fill in, or what do you want them to do? Okay, they want to see the play too. All right. All right, one more time. Give them a hand, a big hand. Ago in the city of Nazareth, there lived a woman named Mary. Mary was promised to marry a man named Joseph who lived there too. One day, an angel from God came and talked to Mary. He told Mary she was going to have a baby. Mary, you're going to have a baby, and he will be the Son of God. Oh, okay. And then the angel left. Joseph wasn't sure what to do when he heard that Mary was going to have a baby. 
So one night while he was asleep, the angel came to, to talk to Joseph too. Joseph, Mary is going to have a baby from God. It's okay for you to marry her and take care of her and the baby. Oh, okay. And so that's just what he did. A while later, the emperor in Rome, Caesar Augustus, so that everyone had to go to their own hometown to be counted. So Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem, because Joseph was of the house and line of David, and Bethlehem was known as the city of David. There were lots of other people there too. There were so many people, in fact, that there was no room for them in the inn. So Mary and Joseph stayed in a stable, which was a place for animals to stay warm and dry. There was a cow there. Moo. There was a sheep there. There was a camel and donkey there, too. Mac! And, and Mary and Joseph stayed there. While they were there, baby Jesus was born, and Mary took him and yeah. wrapped him up warm and laid him in the manger. That night, there were some shepherds out in the fields watching over their flocks of sheep. the angel came and talked to the shepherds and they were terribly afraid. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news. The Savior, which is Christ. The Lord has been born today in Bethlehem. You will find the baby wrapped in soft cloths and lying in a manger. And all of a sudden there were lots of angels saying, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, good will to men. And then the angels left. And when the angels had the angel had left, the shepherds and went and found the the baby Jesus in a manger, just as just as they had been told. And when, they, and when they found him, they worshipped him. Not far, and away, not far away, in a place called Jerusalem, there lived an evil king named Herod. One day after baby Jesus had been born, wise men came to Jerusalem looking for the newly born king of the Jews. They asked King Herod where he was. Where is he who is born king of the Jews? So the king asked his advisors, Where is he born king of the Jews? In Bethlehem. Go and find him so I can worship him too. So the wise men went and found baby Jesus by following his star, and when they found him, they worshipped him. But the king, but King Herod didn't really want to worship baby Jesus, he wanted to harm him. The wise men were warned by God about this, so they went home another way. When the king found out he was tricked, he was really mad. I'm so mad! 
he was he was determined to destroy this newborn king. So King Herod sent his soldiers to Bethlehem to find the baby Jesus. Go and find him and destroy him. But God warned Joseph in a dream to get out of there. Get out of there! And so they did. And so Joseph and Mary and the little baby Jesus went to Egypt, and they stayed there until evil King Herod died. After King Herod died, God told Joseph it was safe to come back because the people who wanted the child dead had now died. Hey, you can come back now. It's safe. Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus came back from Egypt, and they went to live in the town of Nazareth again. And that's where the, that's where the baby Jesus grew up until he was grown. And so now you've heard it all about how God sent his only son to be born as a baby so that later on he could save everyone from their sins. And all it took was just a little Christmas. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks. Thank you, thank you, thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Can we give him another round of applause, please? So good. I just want to thank Tammy Ziegelbaum and Josh Ziegelbaum. The reason we had a play this year was because of Tammy's hard work, and Josh built the, the manger by hand and the backdrop and all that. So they just really uh, went the extra mile. So I just want to thank them. Thank you, guys. So we're going to sing some carols now. We're going to welcome all of Hill City Kids up here. All right, as they come up, I, I do have, uh, just for Tammy and for Megan, I have you guys some flowers. And they, they work so hard, guys, and they, they love your kids, and they lead your children, and, and I'm just so grateful for Megan and Tammy's heart, and honestly, we couldn't have done it without you guys. We love you guys, and I just want, when you guys, if your kids are in uh, Hill City Kids, make sure to thank them and thank the leaders of Hill City Kids. They work so hard for your children, not just so that they can, it's not babysitting. They want them to leave with a relationship with Jesus, to know who he is, and to worship him, and that's, uh, that's our heart. And Tammy, thank you so much. I know you're working back there uh, uh, for your hard work. You know, uh, it's, this is like herding cats, right? It's not easy. Uh, but these kids, they were excited to do what they're doing, and that's hard to do, guys. That's hard to do. And that was a beautiful, beautiful play. So, so thank you so much. Give them a hand. One more hand.
Everybody smile so you, your parents can take pictures. Smile really big. Yay! Merry Christmas. We're going to take them back to their classes. So give us just a minute to get them off the stage, and then you can go pick them up like normal. And if you guys can just give them another hand. Thank you for being here with us. And if you could please give Megan a hand. Megan worked so hard um, just to develop a kids' choir and to put the teachers in place. And thank you, all Hill City teachers. Thank you, Tammy, for the play. Megan works really hard every week to make sure that your children are learning about God and are just learning to worship Him. So what an experience that was today. I mean, I was just like bawling during Jesus at the center of it all. Our kids are leading us in worship. So let's just give them a hand. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, all of Hill City um, kids, teachers. You guys are amazing. You guys did awesome. Wave at everybody as you leave like you're famous, okay? Yeah. Everybody's going to talk in the mic now. Watch the chords. Let's give them a hand. Give them a hand, guys. We'll just pray real quick. And then we'll close it out. And um, just don't forget that next week um, we're going to have a Christmas service. And um, the kids have done their thing. Today was the kids. Um, and then next week, though, Santa will be here for family pictures. So Gino and Micaiah, it's your first Christmas. I mean, you need a Santa pick. So Santa will be here. We'll take pictures of your families. It's totally free after service. And um, then Christmas Eve service at 530. So let's just pray real quick. Thank you for being here and being a part of our family. Dear God, we just thank you so much, God to have the privilege, God, to see our children just learning about you, God, and to see just, God, as families together and to celebrate with each other. And we just thank you that, that you are so important, God, that we need you as the center of our lives. So I pray that as we go this week, and even as the holidays get a little crazy, God, that we remember that above all else. And we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. You guys are dismissed.